The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. placement of your head on today's background graphic is uh is quite interesting isn't it i've got a real pair there you have aren't you hey a real pair sean's having a good old look over your shoulder as well he had a great time didn't he but we'll get to that mate we'll get to that <laughs> it was it was so bad i bitterly regret putting that forward well Mm, yes, I mean, I think this is going to be quite an interesting episode of Chain Wrestling, considering we're supposed to be a wrestling podcast, and we're not actually going to talk any wrestling, I don't think. Well, I mean, we can mention this weekend's news, I suppose. I mean, it's been the biggest news in the wrestling world. Uh, Vince McMahon stepping down from the company at 77 years old or whatever. And he's oh, I thought you in. meant old, old Claudio winning the Ring of Honor title. Sorry. <laughs> that's huge news yeah, I, I believe John, Jonathan Gresham has uh, quit on AEW as well because of that oh dear me never mind brilliant well, I, I don't really, I've never seen the guy wrestle I've not seen one or two matches but nothing major it's, it's no skin off my nose really he... how did we start by mentioning Vince McMahon quitting wrestling the biggest news in wrestling in 40 years to go in on about yeah not really man like Jonathan Gresham is a bit shit just like we work mate <laughs> it is just, it is just like we work in it you know it's uh everyone else will be covering this supposed big news we'll cover the real stories the ones that matter <laughs> I am getting a lot of love for my uh for, for my eyes today for your, for your eyes yeah <laughs> 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 this this has worked out really well. This was totally unplanned as well, but I can't help staring at me on me on jubblies. Young jubblies. As can as I said, as cannot Sean. It also looks like Sean's lipstick matches your jumper. Matches your uh, <laughs> your dress, sorry. It looks like Sean's well, got a similar same red. Uh, me and Sean may have been doing a bit of canoodling. What and he kissed you that hard the colouring from your dress rubbed off on him? Well, I would say these lips. Oh my god. Oh, and on that note. Oh, oh, sure. I think he's cute. He's so sexy. 
Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or indeed watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, uh, SJP World Media Production in conjunction with Radio Techers. I am Sai, and with me as always is the Pamela Anderson, <laughs> my Oli Anderson, <laughs> the Hasselhoff to my Koloff, a podcaster who... After what I've just spent my first evening home from holiday watching, really needs to stop breaking our show rules. Because we're a wrestling podcast. Stick to the freaking rules. The podfather himself, Lord Mags, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm doing really, really well. Uh, bit, a bit of crappy weather today, but you know I will never stick to the rules. If there is a rule that can be bent or broke, I'm going to find a way to bend or break that rule. Because you're such a rebel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't stop looking. I'm, I'm going to have to maybe go full screen because I can't stop. I'm distracted by my own set no. of jugs. You can't go full screen because that'll throw, then my head just goes massive and it throws that, that distracts me. <laughs> I get distracted by my own massive head. <laughs> I haven't even got any post it notes to cover it up. <laughs> there, oh, for I'll just sake. put my hand over my own. <laughs> for those listening on the audio version later in the week magsy has taken a screenshot of what our, our supposed wrestling topic is and put it behind us on the live show as he normally does and it just so happens that the screenshot of this episode of baywatch that for some reason as a wrestling podcast we're looking at uh magsy's head is quite you know perfectly placed on the shoulders of a lady with quite a prominent chest shall we say <laughs> i did not think this graphic through i bet you thought it through a lot i bet this is intentional <laughs> yeah just it moved the graphic over ever so slightly to I make wonder it fit. what i would look like if is what was going through your mind when you're making this graphic oh me now oh, no, i'm too far over look my boobs are on the wrong way eh? my boobs are on the wrong <laughs> my both my boobs are going the wrong way that's um, age, that. Um, that's age for you. <laughs> that's age. <laughs> oh, dear me. Magsy, should we dive well into the chat, mate, and see who has joined <laughs> us in these early moments? And then, ultimately, who has left us because we just talked bollocks for the last five minutes? Exactly. So, straight in, Connor, uh, it's Monday, and you know what that means. Hello, Connor, how are you? Sharon, he's taking your gimmick. He keeps nipping in two minutes earlier just to, to steal your gimmick, Sharon. Have a word that's- with him. As much as we love you, Connor, I'm afraid it will always be the wife's gimmick. Doesn't matter who tries to get on top of it, it's always going to be the wife's gimmick. She was the first, and she will be the one that continues. <laughs> uh, Dan Griffin saying, Lightfleet with Mac, you will never break the chain rest of family. And also, this is where we go. Now, cracking set of busters, come Lord Mag's lovely pair of eyes. It's Mags' big personality titties that draws in. What a lovely blouse. And HBK hasn't stared at anyone that lovingly since he last saw Vince. I'll tell you what, that's a really good point. I mean, everyone's talking about how exciting it is Triple H is now in charge of creative. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about how Stephanie McMahon and this this Nick Khan, is that his name? Fella, yeah. is in charge of, as like co-CEOs and Vince has stepped down for all these different reasons and so on. Nobody has given a single thought 
to Shawn Michaels' feelings in all of this. <laughs> he must be heartbroken. <laughs> no one gave a single thought for Brock Lesnar's feelings uh, until he walked out and then came back 10 minutes later. Yeah, perhaps he just needed a ciggy or something. Yeah. Does Drak um, and Brock smoke? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I reckon Brock smoke. I reckon Brock likes um, some really girly flavour vape juice, like a proper like peach or strawberry or something like that. He, he smokes Park Drive. He smokes what? Park Drive, like the really expensive snotty cigarettes. Oh, uh, okay. I've never heard of them. Shows how expensive they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not B&H. No, no. B&H, you're having a laugh, are you? I, I couldn't afford B&H when I was smoking. There they are. I mean, yeah, if, I, if singles. I was, if I was feeling... Fl- yeah, you could do. If I was feeling flesh, mate, I used to smoke Marlboro, Marlboro, Marlboro Gold. But Lambert and Butler normally. <laughs> wow, classic. Mm. With tape around the filter to fill all the holes in. No, no. No, because there were no holes on that. You only even bought the lights. Okay. I mean, I, I don't smoke, so... Well, I don't either. Not anymore. But, you know. Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Uh, Maxie, how's your week been, bud? Yeah, not too bad. Some uh, nice weather. Some uh, not-so-nice weather. Uh, but, yeah, how's your week been? Especially how's your last few days yeah, been? Yeah, well, really good, mate. Really good. Uh, for those who don't know... On Friday morning, we went off to, me, my wife, and my two youngest went off to, I like peach and strawberry. My wife's just written in the chat for my vapes. I'll tell you what, I tried them. The strawberry She has nice, mugged but, you right oh, off totally, there. Like, totally. Oh, I bet he's got some girly flavour. Oh, I bet he, and then you like the girliest hey, of the flavours. What's this? Banana. Mine is, okay? That's not girly. Banana is a man's fruit. Okay? <laughs> mugged off. Mugged right <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm not too fond of the strawberry. You know this, Sharon. You ended up my one last night, didn't you? So there we go. Yes, went away Friday morning. Came back today. Had a lovely weekend away in Treco Bay. I love that place. It, it, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. You know, we're really fortunate in that we know somebody who can sort of get us uh, a place to stay there slightly cheaper than it would be otherwise, which is always a hell. Uh, we only went for, like I said, the four days, but no, it was, it was less way. The weather was really good for the first day and then up and down for the next couple of days, but there was enough good weather for it to be worthwhile. And then the bad weather, you just go in the arcades and, and whatnot, don't you? So it, it's always good to have a, a bit of a break, a bit of time away from regular regular day to day ground, and yeah, it's just refreshing and relaxing, isn't it? So yeah, really yeah. really glad for you. Yeah, it was good, mate. It was good. Um, we played cards a couple of times. Now I've not done this with my family properly, I think ever. I may have You've the odd game here cards. and there. Well, no, I've played cards, but not since the kids are a bit older and they all sit around playing this, you know, the card games and so on. And it's something they used to do insert like once in a blue moon, my wife and the kids would play cards whilst I was sat slightly further back editing or doing something else, you see. So I joined in on holiday thinking, oh, you know, let's have a go. And that's teach me how to play the game, first of all, which apparently, according to them, was an incredibly frustrating experience. Yeah, I can, I can sense that. For some reason, I can sense <laughs> teaching you the most basic card game would be annoying. <laughs> I imagine Sharon will pop up in the chat and explain a couple of bits and bobs about my... Uh, what my card struggle. game were you playing? What card game was it? Crazy Eights, I think it's called. I don't know that one. I don't that might be called a different name by other people. I mean, for example... Bad normal people. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, for example, because of the kids, it seems that my family call clubs the curlies as opposed to clubs because that's what the kids called them. I just called okay. them clubs and got told off. So... <laughs> but yeah, I imagine it's under a different name for, for, for other people potentially, but 
Yeah, crazy. I, I enjoyed it, mate. It was almost, almost. I've, Dan Griffin in the chat. Sire's almost mastered snap. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll tell you, I'm not very good at that. To be fair, I don't react quick enough. Just that's, that's like, from the years of drink. It, it was quite an intense <laughs> game. To be fair, snapping it. You put you like proper with the cards down. You got to be, you know, you're trying to have a slow look at yours before you put it down and shit it. And then you got to react quickly before anyone else does. And then sometimes your hand gets slapped wherever people are snapping at the same time as you. That's an intense game, mate. It is, it's, but it's fun, uh, especially when you win. I like it a bit more slow, a bit more, you know, casual. Not that, that not solitaire or patience. Pa- See, I don't know how to play patience, but I played solitaire on the computer. It's when you the win, same they, game. when they win. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was a different game. No, it's the same. I like it when you win. The cards go all over the place. It's sad when that doesn't happen in real life, though. Yeah, it is a shame. It is a shame. <laughs> but yeah, as we were playing cards this weekend, it was it, you know basically I've never laughed so much in uh, such a long time. Just my kids were cracking me up so much, and just so much was going on that was just genuinely funny. Um, the funniest, and I apologise in advance if this offends anybody because it is not intentional, but at the same time, fucking stopping such a snowflake, I guess. But um, it turns out that um, my middle daughter. Thought, we put together a playlist on Spotify with lots of different music and we all picked a certain number of songs each chucked together put it on shuffle so it just plays in the background uh, and a Shaken Stevens song came on <laughs> nah, now, I love this story already <laughs> it turns out that um, my daughter well basically she, she proclaimed that she was surprised that the guy could sing and so on um, we spoke a little bit further on and well, we could it could he sing? Hey, hey, we'll have no shaky slander. Thank you very much. Uh, and we, we got a bit more, slightly, not, not in-depth, because there wasn't masses to go into, but we sort of peeled away a couple of layers, and it turns out that my daughter thought Shaking Stevens was Stephen Hawking. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Brilliant. What, 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 what Shaking Stevens song was it? Um, I think that was Green Door. Oh my good lord! I mean, I think, oh, green green door in this old house were both on the playlist. So, this old house was filled with laughter. This old <laughs> house. Who's <laughs> wow. that knocking on the green door? <laughs> Snow is falling all around me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It, honestly, I've not laughed so much in uh, my face. You know when you my face hurt my sides hurt I couldn't breathe to the point where I, I was genuinely getting concerned because the back of my throat was hurting but I was trying to gasp for air you know I had a stitch <laughs> oh my goodness it was oh, it was it was ridiculous one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life you know um, you, sh- you should have just been there. sat in the chair like that uh, no it's falling Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, that's law. I am now mocking a disabled person. That is bad. Apologies. Oh, that did not happen once when we were in the caravan. <laughs> you absolute liar. <laughs> you absolute liar. I know for well you did that for about half an hour. No, 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 no. You sit on.
on a throne of lies. Should we, uh, <laughs> should we move on before we get camped? Quickly, quickly yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, should we chuck some rubbish away, Magsy? Should we get rid of some crap before we get on to our glorious non-wrestling topic? Well, our first non-wrestling topic of two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the hall of the show is just non-wrestling. Sorry, folks. We're yeah, at least a, a strong arm, a bit of wrestling into the beginning with the with the a bit of news. But that's it for now. So we didn't even cover the news. We kind of deviated from there and started talking about your boobs. Yeah, yeah we did. Mm. Anyway, let's go with some hall of lame. There was little Ma- uh, little Livy there giving a bit of a vocal performance. Lame, lame. <laughs> <laughs> that door is lame. Um, <laughs> Maxie, what you got for us, mate? Now, uh, I think over the last couple of weeks, I've knocked out the part with you, so I've had to reel it up the ante. So I'm going way, way back in the annals of, of wrestling to the essentially. The, the mid-80s. Well, even before that. So my pick is a, a wrestler called Stanley C. Frazier. Now, um, he was uh, primarily known, his main character was uh, Plowboy Frazier. Uh, he was 6 foot 10, 420 pounds, a real kind of beast of a man. Um, he, he wrestled uh, all along the kind of like the, the, the Gulf Coast in the early part of his career, uh, Alabama, Florida, uh, really popular because that was the area he, he, was, uh, he was born, so he, he became a, a massive face. Um, and in the early to mid-80s, he was actually discovered by Jerry Jarrett and, and Jerry Lawler, and they brought him over to, uh, to the uh, mid-America region of, uh, of, of, of wrestling and the AWA, and used him in quite a few gimmicks. Uh, he was uh, called the Giant Rebel, the Lone Ranger. I mean, looking up some images of this guy, I mean, like I said, he's 420 pounds, six foot ten, dressed as the Lone Ranger. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. Uh, he was a hill, uh, a giant hillbiller, uh, and Tani Frazier. Um, he was the kind of wrestler that uh, when Jerry wasn't um, was in the title scene or when they didn't have a big star doing the, the kind of rounds through the the, uh, the regions, he was the guy who they put in, in, the, in the, the main event scene because he was, he was popular. But he actually got a little bit of a run in the WWF as well. Um, he was brought into the WWF about 1985 to... Uh, to be part of a, uh, a stable called the Hillbillies. He was actually brought in as Uncle Elmer, uh, the stable had Hillbilly, yeah. Hillbilly Jim in it, um, and then Cousin Junior and Cousin Luke. And we all know the Hillbillies gimmick. They were uh, country bumpkins. Uh, they do square dances in the ring. Elmer's uh, specific gimmick was he would have a massive kind of KFC-style bucket, but it had on it Uncle Elmer's fried pig parts. Um, their, their main feud during this, uh, this like, 18-month run was, uh, was with uh, Ronnie Piper and uh, Cowboy Bob Orton. Uh, he actually got legitimately married um, on an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, uh, to his uh, to his wife Joyce, uh, I think she was called Joyce Stadsko, 
uh, which was again part of another storyline where Papa tried to get uh, to uh, to interfere. Um, they had Jesse, the body Ventura, doing uh, the ceremony, and he said, "When those two kiss, it's going to be like two trouts farting over the last piece of corn." Uh, nice. Just, and this was his legitimate wedding. It was an actual, like, real legitimate wedding. Um, he uh, he was part of the WrestleMania uh, two card. He, I think he was on the LA um, show where he lost to uh, Adrian Adonis. Uh, he ended up leaving uh, the WWF in uh, May of 1986 uh, after a loss to King Kong Bundy, and then went back to the to the the territories, uh, wrestled in Tennessee um, uh, until he eventually retired in 1989. Uh, set up his own promotion, helped train uh, Hardcore Holly, and unfortunately died in 1992. Now. After saying all that, it feels like it's a bit of a letdown that there's nothing really kind of lame. He got stuck with a, a bump, country bumpkin gimmick, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I feel this is a, a bit of a low point for the Hall of Fame. Except I'm missing one little bit out. Okay. But today is the day that I told the world that I was going to unleash you the devastating team in professional wrestling on you. Kamala number one and Kamala number two. You did The hour's that. gone, the minutes are gone, and the second is here. Ladies and gentlemen, and I use this word very, very loosely to all y'all slow leaks over there, I present to you the eighth, the tenth, the fifteenth wonder of the world, Kamala number one and Kamala number two. Come on, let's go, come on. Well, we hear it, but well, we don't see it. There he comes, there it comes, come <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> what? Ah, ah. Yeah, what are you laughing at, you idiot? Come here, baby, look at this! Come on, you idiot! Come on, you idiot! What are you laughing at? Hey, you present. Hey. You fool, you idiot! Why don't you laugh? Give me a microphone, you idiot! Look at this! Come on, one and come on, two, baby! Woo! Russell, you laugh now! Laugh now, but pay later, baby! I want you to laugh, but I promise you, I'm gonna roll professional wrestling with these guys. You understand that? Come on, that's okay. Laugh, Russell. Ring the bell. Why don't you just ring the bell, you idiot? Ring the bell. Oh, shut up, Brown. What about Ring the bell. You gotta laugh. Why don't you laugh when we get through doing this in the ring, baby? Oh boy. Who else? Who else but Jimmy Hart? Kamala is in here. He brings out Plowboy Freak. That's Kamala number two. So for those who are listening on the audio version, that was uh, a, a very scratchy video from uh, from uh, the AWA with Jimmy Hart introducing Kamala as Kamala and a six foot ten, four hundred twenty pound white guy as Kamala number two uh, and. That's Lance, uh, I think he's called Lance Russell, the, mm-hmm. uh, the commentator, yeah, yeah. laughing, laughing at this. It was ridiculous. So we, we give stick to one man gang uh, for becoming Akeem, the African dream. This guy did it 10 years earlier and went all hog to wear the loincloth as well. So yeah, my entrant this week is Kamala number two. <laughs>
I didn't think you'd be able to top some of the awful gimmicks you've thrown in over the last couple of weeks, but I think this is this is up there, mate. This is up there. But... It's <sighs> ridiculous. It's it's so so bad. So Kamala's so whole bad. gimmick, and again, Kamala's gimmick itself, whilst being played by Kamala Number One, as he's referred to in this clip, who is a black dude. Okay, Kamala's whole gimmick is he's an African savage. Mm-hmm. Now, that's quite racist in itself, especially when you look back in 2022 eyes. You know, I mean, it was racist back in the 90s when you were still in the WWF, for crying out loud. Because he's done it like a savage. He doesn't, he doesn't have shoes. He doesn't understand certain aspects of what's going on around him. It's, it's, it's quite insulting, obviously. This is a white guy pretending to be an African savage <laughs> with the mask <laughs> and the face paint. and a, He's carrying a spear. For crying out loud. He, he, he chews up some paper. I think it's paper. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous. And Lance Russell breaking kayfabe and saying about Jimmy Jimmy Hart could bring Ploughboy Frazier in as Kamala number two. Brilliant. Brilliant, but also deeply, deeply troubling. Very worthy of a spot in the Hall of Lane, my friend. That is absolutely I mean, so far. So, what are we on now? Let me look at the little clock in the corner that says live. We are on 23, just shy of 24 minutes, and we've managed to play something on the show that's relatively racist and laugh at a disabled guy. Yeah, <laughs> de- as Dan said in the chat, a dead disabled guy. Ah, we're not going to be back next week. Um, <laughs> Oh dear me! I mean, I suppose we could try and like you know skirt around it a little bit. In that the whole issue with Stephen Hawking shaking Stevens was literally the the naivety of youth, isn't it? It's you know it's stop it, Mags. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, my my entry into the Hall of Lame this week it seems incredibly tame in comparison now to this incredibly racist white African savage gimmick that this guy portrayed in the AWF. You're going to have to start upping your game. I am, mate. I am. <laughs> I am. But I must be honest with you, I ended up remembering that I needed to do a Hall of Lame about five to nine. Brilliant. And that's so, why you rocked up at like one minute to nine. Actually, I rocked up at one minute to nine because I went upstairs earlier on to watch Baywatch and went to sleep instead. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a way better use of your time and i woke up around 25 to 8 and went shit i'm live in less than an hour and a half i've still got to watch baywatch uh put together my notes and all sorts of stuff so yeah i'm kind of winging it this week in case people can't tell <laughs> see the effort that he doesn't put in folks this is what i have to deal with on a weekly basis do you know what Right, there's other weeks where I've put loads and loads of effort in and it still seems like I'm flying. And it's exactly the same. There's no difference. It's hard work putting so much preparation in that you seem unprepared and everything's a bit, you know, because it's live, isn't it? Anything can happen. And this week, anything could literally happen because I've got no idea where we're going from each segment to segment. But anyway, (laughs) the Hall of Lame from me this week. Last week, I surprised a few people by throwing in uh, the name Lex Luger, one of my... I wouldn't say favourite wrestlers of all time, but sort of got a bit of a soft spot for us. Good memories from the NWA, Jim Cocker Promotions, and then WCW later on and so on. That was his second gimmick in the WWF. I'd like to complete the set, Magsy, and throw in his first gimmick from the WWF. Oh, I was, I'm so hoping that you're throwing Barry Windham one day. Never, ever, ever going to happen. Unless I lose some crazy bet or something, I'm never going to lower myself mm. and upset myself to, you know... I had a friend's suggestion on Facebook the other day, actually. It says, people you may know. You know, it's like you've got um, on Facebook, it's all networks all over the place, isn't it? So if you've got, like, say, 
say there's a group of say 10 people and you're friends with four of them already or suggest the others as people you know right yeah yeah now, because of various different bits and bobs and so on i've got a few wrestlers who you know, retired wrestlers and so on who, who are, i'm friends with on facebook speak to occasionally via messenger and whatever i got a friend suggestion the other day for barry windham and i was made up i was over the moon i was not convinced it's actually him though <laughs> Did, i mean send the the friend the acceptance out and see oh, that's uh, what i'll say i say friend request. Like barry, barry windham didn't request me as a friend because that would have been a 100 click yes i am screenshotting that then barry says i am a prince from nigeria yeah. <laughs> and i just knew faf <laughs> If you send me a check for all the money you have, I will send you a signed NWA title belt of your and own. Black, you would, you would, you'd send it. You'd say, yeah, I'd, completely, I'd fall into that trap, mate. I'd fall into that trap. You know, no, 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 no PayPal, please, Mister Powell. I just want your bank details, and I'll sort it out my end. Sweet, cheers, Bowser. I'll see the belt soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, my entry into the Hall of Lame this week is the Narcissist Lex Luger, and hi. It just didn't work. And there's a few people you can point the finger on about this. This was promoted quite heavily going into Royal Rumble 1993, that the narcissist was arriving. They had potentially, again, very tongue-in-cheek, very very camp and daft and ridiculous and over the top, the unveiling of the narcissist. it's It wasn't a good moment back then. You look at it back now, it's just pure comedy. But... Mm you still got to think it's a pay-per-view when they only had four, well, five, because that year King of the Ring ran for the, fir- ran for the first time as a pay-per-view. So they had five pay-per-views and they dedicated a good 10 minute segment or so to this. And, and Bobby Heenan was promoting it. Although, I mean, Heenan, fantastic, isn't he? Let's be honest. All I mean, this build. He, he wanted to, he, he wanted to shag Lex. It was that. Yeah. I mean, he, he was very, turned when, on that curtain, when that curtain came back down and he was trapped on the other side of it. I did fear for Lex's safety. I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> we had the unveiling of, uh, of Narcissist and it was, it was what it was. It was kind of, apparently it was Luger very much playing a role very similar to himself because he does love, mm-hmm. well, back then he did love himself quite a bit. And to be fair, he did look incredible. Let's be honest. The guy looked amazing. However, if it didn't get off to the greatest start, it did kind of just go downhill from there because Luger then didn't have Heenan at ringside or cutting all of his promos for him or anything like that. Yes, yes, Heenan was on commentary quite often, but not always. Lugo then go on a run of beating pretty much everybody with a running forearm because he had a metal plate in his arm, which is quite a clever little gimmick they had. They were writing in his motorcycle accident having in real life and so on. Pinning people with his little finger on their chest, I thought was quite a nice touch as well. And then he entered into a feud with Mr. Perfect, had a match at WrestleMania 9, which he won, which is to me is probably the worst WrestleMania of all time. And it's up there. Yeah. And th- there are no saving graces. There are no good moments in this th- this this WrestleMania. So you can imagine a Lex Luger match is pretty much going to be is rating very low for me. <laughs> Even Mr. Perfect couldn't save this. But that's kind of where it all ended. Nothing ever came from this this gimmick because obviously, you know, a couple of months later we had the whole you know, body slamming Yokozuna thing and so on. But all this hype, this huge unveiling, and pay-per-view time, you know, is, is expensive time, let's be honest. That whole segment at the start, it just came off the rails so quickly, but not even in a dramatic way. It wasn't even a case of 
oh, this is terrible. It's not working. I can remember 1993 as a kid. I was 12, 13 maybe. And I just didn't care. And everyone I've spoken to just didn't care. <laughs> it was that moment of you, you've got Lex Luger, ex-world champion, a well-known name in professional wrestling. You can let him be the total package. You can let him come in and just see what the fans make of him. They boo him, they cheer him. You can run with it, whatever. But in true McMahon style, got to repackage, <laughs> got to repackage the total package, I guess, into this gimmick dedicate pay-per-view time, dedicate Bobby Heenan being a hype machine for the guy, I guess. And it weren't even like it crashed and burned. People just didn't care. And to me, that is very, very lame. So that's my entry into this week's Hall of Lame magazine, the narcissist Lex Luger. Well, you pulled a very decent pick right out of your arse there um, with about five minutes to go um, to yeah, fair, I, was, I, was playing, I was thinking about it last week anyway because when we put Luger in already I was thinking I could just complete the set so it was kind of in the back of my mind last week but yeah yeah I just think Luger his, his WWF runs they were just snake bitten absolutely snake bitten um, he he looked like everything that a wrestling world champion of the of the late 80s early 90s should be um chiseled out of granite long blonde hair but he just he didn't have that it factor that uh that you needed to be to 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 get over with the fans and Maybe it's, it was a, a case of the wrong fans. He, he spent a lot of his time uh, on the other side of the, the territory, so they mm-hmm. were, maybe the fans were never going to really accept him uh, up, up north. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it never worked for him, unfortunately. Uh, and then being saddled with, with this gimmick, uh, I mean, we've absolutely ripped the piss out of it on, uh, on the, the 90s pay-per-view reviews with, with James, uh, Dan, and, and with uh, Rob. It's, it's ridiculous. And uh, I think Scottish Danny said it in the chat there. Yeah, um, Heenan was a saving grace. And even Heenan yep. couldn't polish this turd, unfortunately. Um, yeah, great pick. And Luger... Uh, going in twice already. Jesus wept. I know. Back to back weeks as well. Like. Back to back weeks. Yeah. But it ain't gonna be. It, it ain't gonna be a situation where Wyndham goes in, mate. No chance. No. I mean, I do have a, an entrant as well, so I can absolutely put him in. Should we start doing the Badlands gimmick and veto? veto? <laughs> <laughs> no, we shall not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything else in the chat we need to check in on, mate, before we get on with our non-wrestling topic this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling incredibly objectified because now we've got more in the chat saying that you can't stop staring at me tits. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> this is what's wrong with, with wrestling today. Stop objectifying us women. We, we are people too. <laughs> <laughs> he's not just a piece of meat he's not just a chest <laughs> yeah don't ogle me how dare you ogle me <laughs> uh, we've got uh, uh, Dan Griffin saying what in the Kentucky Fried Cousin fucking shit is this it was that that's exactly what Uncle Elmer's gimmick uh, Plowboy Frazier's gimmick was until he became the the Albino Kamala <laughs> Albino Kamala <laughs> 
We've got Scottish Danny saying Jimmy Hart does not age. Yeah, and, uh, that actually—that's the best part of that that uh, whole mm. little package. Uh, if you go on YouTube and search Kamala Two, the video is actually about ten minutes long or something like that, and it shows shows the first match. Um, some news I actually found out whilst waiting for Simon uh, to to turn up to the, uh, to the show is that. Kamala and Frazier actually fell out because Kamala, um, Frazier, being from the South, uh, from the, the, the 60s, was a little bit on the old racist side. Um, so he was uh, <laughs> apparently incredibly hard to work with. Uh, Andre the Giant was was uh, meant to be not a massive fan of his. Uh, he rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. Um, so, yeah, he, he deserves that Hall of Lame entrant. Um We've got um, it's got uh, five nerds go. Matt saying it's all right. I'm making you a lovely video, so you'll be safe for a while. Five minutes later, I wouldn't check your notifications. So, oh, that's, luckily I haven't been checking, man. So that's fine. Um, Scotty Danny agree with Green that uh, um, Heenan was the saving grace of this gimmick, uh, and then Dan. Lex Luger can't even down a pint of milk, the useless fuck. Exactly. <laughs> Everything he touched in WWF just just went down like a fighting church. The WBF, the narcissist, the all-American hero. Yeah, it all just was a fighting church. Yeah. The tag team with the Bulldog, does that have any good moments? I mean, yeah, the Bulldog was in it. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, that's... No, that... Gimmick-wise, I suppose that's kind of a good idea, isn't it? Someone like the Bulldog, whose his whole gimmick is being very patriotic, and then Luger, who they've turned into this guy, got nothing to do with either of them at the time. Chuck her in the tag team. In theory, that's a good idea, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, the, the whole kind of like Brit um, uh, stuff, yeah, it, it makes sense. I think that it was just too little too late for Lex Luger mm. he was never going to be accepted in the WBF and that's why his big successes came uh, in the NWA and the w- NWCW yeah yeah fair enough mate fair enough shall we jump to Twitter then and have a little look at our non-wrestling topic this week uh, just before we get to that uh, Rob hello sir um, he's just hello, putting a he just put in a comment, West Texas Rednecks for the Hall of Lame. Now, Ooh. that is actually very, very coincidental because um, I was uh, debating between two picks for this week's Hall of Lame. Uh, obviously, uh, Kamala 2 had to win because it's just ridiculous. But mm. I was was going to put uh, Master P and the No Limit Soldiers into the Hall of Lame. So maybe we'll oh. talk West Next, uh, West Texas Rednecks uh, next week. Mm, maybe. I mean, the rap is crap song's good, though. It is, yeah. But the the, the, the reasoning for behind it is ridiculous because it was trying to get on that mainstream bandwagon uh, and paying out a shitload of money for people who didn't give a toss about the wrestling business yeah and to be fair by that kind of stage most WCW fans didn't give a toss about the wrestling business either <laughs> yeah almost <laughs> yeah. WCW wrestlers yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. NWT time oh no wrestling talk here it's the non-wrestling topic lovely nice Lovely. Nice. Ooh, lovely. Lovely.
our non-wrestling topic this week, uh, we wanted to look at great movie soundtracks or great musical moments in films. Anything at all, really, music, movie, orientated, I guess. And there are some brilliant, brilliant comments once again, Magazine, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few that I'm unsure of as to what they are, which is standard practice for this section of the show, of course. Um, but we'll, we'll dive on in. I'll do it in the order, obviously, they came in to us once again, which is going to be the completely different order to what Magsy has lined up as normal. Did you get any WhatsApp entrance this week? No. Good. So we can go straight to Twitter. Straight to Twitter, mate. Straight to Twitter. Okay. Our first comes from MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter. He says, Bruce Willis singing Swinging on a Star as a way to measure how long he has to commit a robbery in the brilliant but massively misunderstood Hudson Hawk is an awesome, is an awesome music in film moment. I've not seen Hudson Hawk. I don't believe I have, or if I have, I, it's, I, I've forgotten about it. I know the song Swinging on a Star, though. Was that not... That was the, the theme tune to a TV programme. I can't remember which one it was. But I'm sure Patrick Duffy was in it. But, yeah. I don't know who Patrick Duffy is. It was out of uh, Dallas. One of the oh, U.S. Oh, OK, right, yeah. Okay, I've, I've I've heard Hudson Hawk, but I've never seen it. Sharon in the chat there, my good lady, saying yes, that film is awesome. So I got a chat. I like Bruce Willis as well because you know, Die Hard. So you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up from Good Cop Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast, quite potentially Graham again. He <laughs> Incredibly here, Graham again. <laughs> yes, he says here, chariots of fire. Cue SJP words, humming the music, and Magsy pretending to run in slow motion on Monday. How's the music go? Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Do you know? I that thought I knew sound... it, but I don't. No, that doesn't sound anything. It sounded like, like Stephen Hawking doing an impression of Chariots of Fire then. Stephen Hawking singing Green Door again or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> it'd be like just someone sat there with an old Casio keyboard pressing one key over and over again, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh my God, what is... stop it. Okay, move on, are, move on, move on, move on. That's worse than me. That's horrific. No, it's not. You pulled a face and sat back <laughs> in your chair. Nothing I can do can be worse than that. <laughs> oh, is it? That one. That's the one. Ah, see, just popped in me head there, it. Just popped in me head there. Uh, Scottish Danny, who I know is in the chat at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, he says, Freddy versus Jason 2003. Mate, it'll surprise absolutely nobody. I've not seen this. However, Chuck. I've also heard that this film is a bit ropey in places, and mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a big fan of remakes or, or sort of where big franchises carry on far too long. And this is 2003 with two villains that first arrived in, I believe, 1980 and 1984. Four, I think, were the first mm-hmm. two Jason films. Uh, first Jason film, first Nightmare on Elm Street film. However, the soundtrack, Danny says here, the most early 2000s movie soundtrack ever. The movie is packed with tracks from Slipknot, Hatebreed, Il Nino, Mushroomhead, Seaver, Paraman 5000, Seven Dust, among others, all playing throughout the film. Very much of its time. And I'm all about that. I will check that out. They sound like very rock and roll bands. They they are heavy, Maxi. Some of these they are well. Some of them. I mean. Yeah, I know some of them. I know Slipknot, obviously. 
Yeah. Um, you probably heard Hatebreed as well. And I know Seven Dust. Yeah. But that's saying I'm gonna have to check that out. Thank you, Danny. That's that's awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out, mate. I may even watch the film. Maybe. You sit on a throne of lies. Um, <laughs> James, 80s and 90s wrestling on Twitter. He says, great topic. Can't see past Mr. Lou by Dick Dale. The intro to Pulp Fiction. Ah, okay, yeah, uh-huh. good shot. As a great soundtrack to kick that film off. 24-hour party people. Solid start to finish. Also, not hard to give train spotting a shape. Hard not to, sorry, give train spotting a shape. Oh, and Quadrophenia and Tommy. Some belters on them. See, Quadrophenia and Tommy, they're, they're like classics, aren't they? I mean, it's the, you know, yeah. the soundtracks for them. 24-hour party people. I think that, I've seen that. Yeah, that's, is, I think that's the movie about the Hacienda nightclub. Okay. Um, so it's that kind of like 90s dance scene. Okay, well, I'm more about that, mate. And uh, the soundtrack to Pulp Fiction is just fantastic. Yeah, and Trainspotting. Trainspotting is yeah. a banging soundtrack. Oh, man. On um, uh, Pulp Fiction, the son of a preacher man by Dusty Springfield, when she ODs on the drugs, that's fantastic. That is so good. That film's when, amazing. I'm going to have to watch that. That song, when she ODs on the drugs, is yeah. fantastic. I love that record, mate. I love that film. I'm going to have to watch it. It's one of my favourite films. I love it. It's brilliant. Bruce Willis is that as well. Yes. Oh, here we go. At Real Chris Bellis on Twitter. Best soundtrack, the original Ghostbusters one. Still on heavy rotation. when you say soundtrack I can only think of a couple of songs from that film and the first one is obviously the Ghostbusters theme yeah that's amazing and then the second one is actually from Ghostbusters 2 and it's when they make the toaster dance by putting the, the slime in it okay your love is lifting me higher yeah, I know the song yeah okay well, well jump in at any time Mags. don't leave me just to carry on like a mobhead I, I, I was listening to your glorious singing. Well, don't, because I run out of lyrics. I only know the first two fucking lines. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Chris continues. Film moments. All of the original West Side Story. Masterful. A uh, West Side Story I've not seen. That's the two gangs, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um it's essentially what is the film based off um i think it's romeo and juliet but based in uh like in the gang world but uh for me the best is when they did i think it was a royal rumble and they had all the wrestlers dressed as it that was amazing yeah that was amazing big show wearing a wig in that was amazing yeah i remember that yeah that's good uh individual song chris continues shocker by the dudes of wrath perfect now i'm assuming that's from the film shocker that assume so. chris and danny covered on disgusting awful which is their horror movie spin-off to one man's meat podcast now i've never seen the film shocker either but these guys praised it massively on this podcast so and i think i mean shocker i believe i may be completely wrong danny correct me in the chat or give us as much information as you can in the chat please my friend but i think shocker was a mid-80s film 
So if yeah, we're talking mid eighties, yeah, we can go one or two ways. We can go. early thrash metal or we can go glam hair metal in which case I'm happy either way so I, I, I would think it would be thrasher mm. with it being a horror film yeah 85 what's that like Master of Puppets came out in 85 didn't it stuff like that mm. so was that 86 Master of Puppets was 86 sorry but yeah around that same time in it yeah. uh, Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter hello sir he says Highlanders soundtrack was the Queen It's a Kind of Magic album. Great songs that filled, that really fit the film, sorry. Works as a, so- a song, oh my goodness, works as a song alone album too. So I'm assuming that's supposed to say works as a standalone album too. Yeah. Yeah. Highlander music on, the, the Queen music for Highlander, sorry. Works perfectly, doesn't it? The whole live forever, who wants to live forever and all that sort of, oh. It's, it's, it's almost like it, the film was made around the album rather yeah. than the album made around the film. It's really clever. Yeah, really good. Really good stuff. And I mean, the first Highlander I've seen, I think I've seen the second one. I mean, they got on and made like 96 that, now or some crap. Is that The Quickening, Highlander 2, The Quickening? I don't know. I think it is. Because Sean Connery's in the first one, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he gets his head lobbed off by that bloke who looks a little, little bit like the Mangled guy from the Gooners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who's the other guy, the, the main fan, Lambert? Christopher Lambert, well, it's Lambert because he's, he's French, you know. But yeah, Christopher Lambert. So I was going to say yeah. Christopher Lambert, but in my head, I thought that was a guy who used to manage Norwich. <laughs> it may well be the same person. Or is, um, that, that's, that's, is that Paul Lambert? Danny Lambert? Something like Paul, that? It, Paul Lambert. Right, used okay. To play for, used to play for Celtic. Yeah, okay. Did he manage Norwich? I think so. And, he played for I think he played for uh, managed Derby as well, mm. and of course he was in Highlander. <laughs> he was, and Mortal Kombat. He was written in Mortal Kombat as well. Yeah, okay. so that's quite an achievement playing for Celtic, Borussia Dortmund, and playing somebody in Mortal Kombat. That guy's got range. <laughs> what a resume! <laughs> they should have cast him in an episode of Baywatch, not Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he couldn't have done any worse. No, no, no. But we will get to that. Oh, what a treat we all have. Uh, Millwall Chris on Twitter, at Millwall Chris 1. He says, Glory of Love by Peter Katera from Karate Kid 2. Peter Satera. Satera, okay. Yeah. Now, I've seen Karate Kid 2. Don't remember that song. I am the man who will fight for your honour. That's the only bit I know of it. Yeah, I sort of think about it. You will know it. When you yeah. when you hear it sung properly, you'll know it. I'm going to yeah, get it. Tune. I'm going to sort it out and I'm going to play it as we're talking now on the audio version. So I mean, a you've, very got strong... lots of, you've got lots of homework to do for this audio version. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Um, there's strong p- p- 
potential as well. Real strong chance that what I'm playing as we're talking on the audio version right now is wrong because I've never heard it before. Because <laughs> it's a totally different, a totally different song. <laughs> That'd be so if that is the case, I apologise to Chris and everyone else. <laughs> uh, at Pigs Bladders on Twitter. Hello, sir. This is the greatest musical of all time. Star Wars the musical. And he's attached a YouTube clip there for us as well. Now, Star Wars the musical I didn't know existed. And now you're going to go and watch it. I'm not, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, mate. No, I'm not. I'm going to upset loads I, of people, but... I, I love the original trilogy. I yes. absolutely love it. Um, I didn't mind some of the, the second trilogy. The third trilogy, I just have no interest in whatsoever. I watched the first trilogy, obviously, when I was a kid. Because when, when, when uh, Return of the Jedi was the last one, wasn't it? What year was that? 83? I think so. Was it like 77, 79, 83, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. So I, I watched them when I was, you know, they've been out for a few years. So I was born in 81. So, and I loved them when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. The new stuff, I don't know whether it's because my, my younger brother is obsessed with it. And he was at an age where he was like proper obsessive. He was like a teenager when it started coming out and it was all everywhere. And it, I just got sick of it. I don't know if that influenced my dislike for it. I don't know. But I tried to watch a bit of the first one of the second lot, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I weren't into it at all. And then that Jar Jar Binks dude turned up and I was just like, yeah, fuck this. Yeah. You know? The, what what ruined it for me is it went from like almost a space opera story to... Um, in being about politics for pretty much the all of the the second um like trilogy so yeah it was it it went away and then when they start trying to explain the force by oh you've got these parts in your body called midichlorians and they they met you have the wow you didn't need to do that the you didn't need to explain why people have the force yeah it was it was as sharon uh, sharon says ruined Ruined, ruined. <laughs> see, I, I, see, I'm okay with just watching the first three, mate. Oh, to be honest, I wouldn't even go back and watch them again. I don't think. And again, I'm gonna upset a lot of people with this. Aren't I, I think this may be more controversial than our Stephen Hawking's it's stuff earlier on. I, I don't stop it. Don't do it. I, <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't go back and watch watch the original three. You know, I go back and watch majority of Bond movies again and again. You know, the first couple of Indiana Jones films, watch them again and again, no problem. Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I got the. Uh, do you remember when they brought out the the kind of remastered editions? Uh, I got um, the 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 box set, VHS box set of all three of the originals, and I never watched them at all. And they're still okay. somewhere stored and unopened. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I know. Oh man, uh, Cam Griff ninety two on Twitter. He says here, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2 soundtracks are quality. Now, Sharon, mm-hmm. in the chat, you'll have to help me out here. 
is one of those the ACDC sort of best of? You'll have to let me know. Uh, he says here, Cam, I'm an absolute sucker for a musical number as well. So anything from Hamilton to La La Land gets my stamp of approval. Don't forget the Pick of Destiny just to stay on my Jack Black train. Pick of how, Destiny is great. It is. But how do you go with Pick of Destiny over School of Rock? If you're talking Jack Black mm. singing, School of Rock's better than Pick of Destiny. Uh, see, I don't know. Is um, Which one's got Dio in it? That's Pick of Destiny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, well, then, Pick of Destiny all day long. If it's got Dio in it, it wins by default. Okay. I don't agree, but... Well, then, you're fucking wrong, aren't you? Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time. It will not be the last. Mm. Sharon there in the chat saying, yes, great soundtrack, and Guardians is the best. No, ACDC is Iron Man. Oh, yeah, of course. See, ACDC have never done a best of or greatest hits or anything, ever. There's no, you, you can't get it. But the way around it is to buy the Iron Man soundtrack because they use ACDC's music and it basically is a best of ACDC, <laughs> but it's just <laughs> called Iron Man, the soundtrack. So, yeah, there you go. A little bit of guidance for anyone who wants to get into the wonderful music of ACDC. Cam's brother, Dan, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He says, best musicals are Nightmare for Christmas and The Greatest Showman. Both of those soundtracks are immense. Greatest Showman, a couple of those songs were on the playlist we put together for our holiday on our Spotify shuffle jobby. And yeah, I don't mind a bit of that. And we watched it one Christmas. We always have a Christmas film, uh, Christmas Eve night, or we have a film, sorry, Christmas Eve night, sit down as a family night. And one year the kids chose Greatest Showman. And I'm not going to lie, well, as I sat down for it, I'm thinking, fucking hell, bloody musical. I don't want to fucking know. You know, but by the end of it, I was thinking, that was quite good. I mean, um, I don't mind a musical every now and again. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I've seen The Greatest Showman. I may check it out, man. It is good. It is good. Mm-hmm. To be fair. You're, you're, you are advising me to check out films when you always say yeah i'll check that out and never do this is really strange actually isn't it it's like a complete yeah. role reversal it's <laughs> it, com- it absolutely is <laughs> but yeah check it out mate um and the thing is i'm re- i'm recommending a musical i don't think in my life i've ever done that to anyone <laughs> <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you feel dirty now i don't feel great um <laughs> dan continues and agrees with his brother uh, both guardians of the galaxy movies have great 70s 80s soundtracks mm-hmm. the star wars soundtrack composed by John Williams, is an all-time great, fair enough. And the Jurassic Park theme music. Now, that is quite cool, isn't it? And it's, quite sim- it's one of those that's quite symbolic as well. As soon as you hear it, you know it's Jurassic Park. You know that it's Jurassic Park, yeah. That one, isn't it? I'm glad, because after saying it was very symbolic, if I just hummed the wrong thing, from a totally different movie. Sharon is saying, I have to watch The Greatest Showman. It's awesome. I will... I will watch it. I'm not. I'm not sad. If I say I'm going to watch it, I'll watch it. I will watch it this week. Make sure you do that. And that's your homework. It has to be watched by a, by next week, and we'll discuss the. That, I'm putting it forward as my my pick for next week's topic. <laughs> Are there any wrestling links to the Great Show? I can manage a link in there. <laughs> like, Shawn Michaels is the show stopper. Therefore, we get the greatest showman. Oh, why? There's the link. 
and that became so easy to you as well, didn't it? That was it fantastic. Is. <laughs> um, <laughs> at Total Steve-O on Twitter, our good friend Steve-O there, amazing fella. He says, and Steve-O's still working his way back through the first 50 episodes of Chain Wrestling. And he's just, um, as I was on holiday, he put some tweets out saying he's hit the first non-wrestling topic, which came about in episode 11. And he's mm-hmm. just hit the first drunk stories as well. And he's having a, he's, he's, he's said he's loving listening back to the show and seeing how it's changed and grown into what it's become now. So anybody else wants to, you know, just dip in and out of the old episodes, the first 50 are up under the name Chain Wrestling Revisited on the Chain Wrestling uh, channel stream, I guess, via SJP World Media. I'll send the link out later on. Steve-O says, blimey, so many. Immediately a clockwork orange. One of its themes is based on the main character's obsession with classical music especially Beethoven. The music evokes an emotion in me I can't explain, but throughout the film, works perfectly. I've not seen a Clockwork Orange, Muggsy. Really? Yeah, I think we covered... I think Steve bought a Clockwork Orange for a a different non-wrestling topic for whatever it was we covered then, and I said I was going to go away and watch it that week. So you were giving me grief for not watching <laughs> and, and forcing me to watch The Great Showman, and you still haven't watched Clockwork Orange. No. I should get that watch this week and we can report back and compare movies. Now you have to link the, the chain to Clockwork Orange from, from Baywatch. How can I do that if I've never seen it? I suppose David Hasselhoff is overly tanned. He's a bit orange like Hulk Hogan was. There you go. Look at that. See how easy it comes. Oh, look at that. See how easy it comes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, Steve continues. Very similar to lots of films that rely on music to make scenes better than what they see similar to what they do in wrestling how the crowd can take a match from a 5 to a 10 i.e. with Hogan versus Rock and Cena versus RVD and that is true isn't it we spoke about that several times on the show already <laughs> reaction can be so important Yeah, uh, Kick-Ass has a stunning set of songs American Pie 1 and 2 just put a smile on your face not specifically <laughs> sorry go on just because he, Steve has an affinity with shagging pies Fair enough. <laughs> Any particular type of pie? Warm apple pie. Yeah, okay. Steak and kidney or something. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mmm, <laughs> meaty. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. Uh, Steve said, <laughs> not specifically soundtracks, but you talked a few weeks back about being patriotic and the overall opinion was how we feel something brings us together, i.e. football tournaments. Well, I mentioned Zulu having a song that's powerful, same with A Bridge Too Far and The Longest Day. Two World War II films that use a single song that hits home the togetherness of countries, Longest Day, or with The Bridge Too Far, The Dark Realities of War. Lockstock also has some brilliant songs, not specifically oh, a what film. A soundtrack, that is. The In Between Us series has a perfect soundtrack, he says here. Yeah, oh, yeah, Lockstock, fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> that I have seen. One out of 11. That's not bad going. (laughs) Uh, Steve continues. Overall, it really shows how music evokes emotions and a reaction in us. Slightly off topic, but like with our Elite FBL new intro, it makes me smile all the time. I've listened to it at least six times since we reintroduced it last week. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's something that as well is, is great. Like the first intro we ever had on chain wrestling. 
when we got Benny to be the voiceover guy. And we, that's what we referred to him as for like the first 12 weeks of the show, Benny the voiceover guy. <laughs> I love you, Benny. <laughs> um, we had that sort of dramatic music. Now, every time I hear that, it still makes me smile because it was the first thing I tried to sort of put together on my own and I was really proud of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, it, yeah. It's, it's weird how music can make something so much better. I mean, we're, we're talking here about uh, movies and TV programmes imagine these movies that people have mentioned without the soundtracks mm. and i think it it takes away so much of that of the the drama the comedy the the thrill of these movies without without these soundtracks yeah yeah 100 percent. and lastly we have connor knows soccer at connor knows footy on twitter and his is very simple and straight to the point Star Wars had the best movie soundtrack. No debate here. I think there is a debate. Incorrect but... there, Connor. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. But I appreciate... John Williams is, a, is an absolute legend, but there's definitely debate. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I appreciate how passionate he is. Um, about his, about his oh opinion. Oh my God. Uh, Scottish Danny, The Exorcist Without Music is a comedy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. Does it, uh, does it really change the mood that much, the music? <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. I remember the times I was laughing when they were, she was saying to Father Carus that his mother sucks dicks in hell. Hilarious, yeah. To be Brilliant, fair, I did, I, I did chuckle a bit at that. That is a, that is a great line. It, it certainly is. Uh, yeah. Rob's actually got you a link here. He's uh, put Clockwork Orange to wrestling. Malcolm McDowell was born in Hosforth, the home of Tartarus Brewery, sponsor of UTT. <laughs> well done. Oh, <laughs> well done, Rob. Rob. That is fantastic. Well done. And use that code uh, to get yourself 15% off some Tartarus beer. Brilliant stuff. Uh, what else we got in the <laughs> chat, magazine before we go to our non-wrestling wrestling topic? I don't, I don't fucking know anymore. Yeah, I, I think, th- why even mention wrestling? Because it's not wrestling anymore. Uh, a lot of love uh, for uh, Freddy versus Jason, even though you uh, you did slate it. And you know what? I agree with you. I think uh, that was milking the cash cow of those two two franchises. Uh, they certainly outstayed the welcome for me. Uh, Connor has changed his mind from having no debate. He's now saying... Uh, uh, until dust, uh, dust till dawn is uh, another great uh, soundtrack. Right. That opening track when they're uh, that sort of um, dark night. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that is cheap. Changing, stranger moving in. 
Uh, you're getting a lot of love for your dulcet tones. Then you all need to go get your hear- hearing checked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, say what we all know. Hang on, Sars in a mover. And this is why Sar doesn't get a chance to prep for the show and turns up late because he gets so much homework from the non-wrestling section. <laughs> um, uh, to be fair, the reason I didn't prep for this week's show is because I, I, I had a 90-minute sleep <laughs> at 5 o'clock today. <laughs> or 6 o'clock or whatever it was. Dan is putting some horrific thoughts in your head by saying, imagine if we got evil Jar Jar and he was the head Sif. Misa not a like of that thought, Dan. <laughs> and it would have been perfectly on brand if Sar had hummed the wrong thing. That would have been amazing. Absolutely amazing. I was very close to humming um, Ric Flair's entrance music, which is from Space Odyssey, isn't it? I was getting those two mixed up in my head, and I, went, I was really close to going the wrong way. But I'm glad I went the right way now. Brilliant. Uh, Dan said, Hugh Jackman broke Dolph Ziggler's jaw when he guest hosted Raw. I mean, Ah, link to the greatest showman. There we go. See, there's plenty of links. You just weren't. You weren't thinking laterally. You need to think outside of the box. Uh, what chord was that for the on you chilling pair of bastards, <laughs> Rob and Dan? For the audio listeners, trying to make me say the chord. Well, if you want fifteen percent off your Tartarus beer who are sponsored the UTT podcast, use the promo code UTT podcast 15. You, I, I feel dirty now. I'm, I'm, I am oh, a second-hand shill. Jesus Christ. And also, while you're there, buy some chain oh, wrestling merch. Hold it up, Max. I haven't seen one of those yet. I mean, I'm wearing the cunt. Like, I fucking designed it, but there we go. Fuck, copy Look at that. Oh, what a, yeah. yeah UTT podcast, fantastic. Listen, and I, I love... I love the the, the shameless shilling. You're saying <laughs> you feel you're so, you're sat there saying you feel dirty. I I, I admire it. This you, you, admire, <laughs> you admire the moxie. Yeah, this is this is my kind of level. Ah, <laughs> uh, and Sharon finishing it off for now. Uh, saying dirty dancing wins end of uh, do you know uh-huh. for a for a, a middle aged bloke dirty dancing has got a decent soundtrack uh, and so has um, oh, what is the movie called Pretty Woman that's got a banging soundtrack yeah. as well uh, okay mm-hmm. see dirty dancing was one of the ones I was going to chuck in there to be fair I'm glad the wife so, said <laughs> yeah who took your pick away yeah, not for the first time I got, I got nothing <laughs> what about you Magsy um, yeah, I've got a, a few that haven't been mentioned. I like a lot of the stuff that have been mentioned, but uh, I've got a few uh, soundtracks that um, uh, I think are absolutely outstanding. The, there's one for Donnie Darko, um, a brilliant kind of uh, mid-80s, early 90s soundtrack. You've got In uh, uh, Excess on there, Tears for Fears. Uh, you've got some Joy Division, Echo and the Bunnymen, and obviously you've got that massive hit, uh, Mad World, out of it. Um then I love the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack, uh, particularly two huge songs off that. Um, 
you've got Limp Biscuit Take a Look Around. That was off that uh, soundtrack. And then uh, one of my favourite Metallica songs, uh, I Disappear, was off that film as well. Um, banging, banging uh, track. Um, and I like a lot of uh, Hans Zimmer um, uh, soundtracks. He, uh, along with John Williams, is arguably... 1A and 1B when it comes to movie compositions. Uh, but for me, standout is uh, the the soundtrack for Inception. Now, that may be a film that you've seen, sir. It is not. Brilliant. So, basically, <laughs> Inse- Inception is all based around... Um, like dreams and and the further into your dreams you you go the slower that time is it's just, um it's a brilliant film it's a real okay. man bender sir but it's uh leonardo dicaprio is like the the main star of it uh but yeah if i i would recommend that film heartily what, it's such a good film leonardo dicaprio's in it the name now rings a bell i think i might have seen an advert or a trailer for it and thought oh that looks really good the one with the you probably remember the spinning top that almost falls no no you don't anyway that's, we're, <laughs> we're going massively off topic uh what what's really uh clever about this um this soundtrack is it uses the edith pf song um uh, non gina regretta rien everyone will know that yep but because it's about time and and how time slows down the song is repeated all the way through the movie but it's just slowed and slowed and slowed down until it's basically just noise and it's like almost kind of like uh, booming horns uh, but when you speed that song back up it's the original song is just just so well in warping okay. that one song to make a brilliant a brilliant clever clever soundtrack so i definitely recommend that for for anyone the uh, the inception soundtrack Okay, yeah, same. I look at the movie as well. Anything time travel wise and stuff like that really interests me. So, yeah, it's not so much time travel. It's it's uh, essentially um, Leonardo Caprio's character is he's a, a thief, but okay. he doesn't he doesn't steal uh, kind of um, physical things. He steals thoughts and, and ideas right. from people by uh, by basically breaking into their dreams and tricking them to think that this is real life. So he can take those ideas from them, and then, then when he wakes up, he's 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 stolen it off him. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll definitely check that out, man. That sounds good. You abs- That's your homework. So you've got two films to watch well, this how, week. You've how got- do I fit in two films? I'm a you fit, big you fitted in a ninety-minute snooze before you even watched <laughs> the main topic of this show. <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true that is like the length of a film well some films isn't it to be fair um <laughs> uh top gun soundtrack magazine i like a bit of that yeah it's good yeah cheesy 80s stuff you know that's quite good the crow as well this one was suggested by my wife actually the crow and there's a track from the crow uh sorry on the crow soundtrack by nine inch nails that again got played on holiday whilst we were on. I was like, this is bloody brilliant. And then a certain part came in. I was like, oh, it's the crow, you know? What's my wife saying there? Sharon in the so chat. She's put, shall I write a list of the films that Sire said he's going to look into? What actually should happen, uh, Sharon, is he updates his Excel file with all the information on this show in, in films that he said he's going to watch <laughs> and then films he's actually gone on and, and watched, like a tick list. Yeah, it's easier if Sharon does it, to be fair. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a couple more there in the chat, Magsy, before we uh, before we get into our main topic, I guess. Yep, um, Sharon has said Thor, Love and Thunder as an epic soundtrack. That is that the latest uh, Thor film. I'm so off on my Marvel universe. I haven't watched it in, in so long. Guns and Roses all the way. Um, then Dan said Led Zepp in Thor Ragnarok. So Thor really getting some love with the, mm, with the yeah. soundtracks. Um, then uh, Sharon said, I don't like Zeppelin. Well, I mean, that's time out. Tackle that, I think. Uh, but I don't hear much when I'm looking at the Mighty Thor. Fair play. Well, see, the whole something we could potentially bring back because people's opinions may have changed. But the whole topic we had once upon a time of um, I don't get it. One of the things I put forward as a big rock fan was Led Zeppelin. I don't get it. I don't get it. A couple of tracks were all right. The rest of it, I don't get. I mean, horses for courses, I suppose. If we, if we all liked the same thing, it'd be a boring, boring world. It would indeed, mate. It would indeed. And that's why My... I'm watching Baywatch, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to play the wrestling jingle? or? I mean, we've got to. Because yeah. it's 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 the law, but please temper your expectations because there will be the minimal amount of rumbling in this part. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. I mean, I'm quite a. I like to think I'm quite a positive person. I try and put a positive spin on certain situations. Now. In this scenario, we could look at it as we're getting to watch one of the most beautiful people in the world in a classic television show that was popular all over the world in Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. and Baywatch. Naughty, naughty. You know? <laughs> Not Pammy, obviously. Cool. She plays second well, fiddle, Sean. I mean, so did Pammy's mum, quite clearly. <laughs> oh, dear me. Our wrestling topic non-wrestling whatever is an episode <laughs> of Baywatch this week <laughs> how did how did this win how did this win because everyone wanted to hear us just talk nonsense about shite and to be fair the poll was quite close as well to be fair mm-hmm. it was like 55% 56% this one by it, it was yeah and, uh, but they they went with the rap pick of watching Mechanism watch Baywatch now, I hope all you who voted watched it as well. They didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't. Either Absolutely, or, they did not. Or that episode of Baywatch, I believe it's on... Uh, well, you, you sent a, a link out with the Daily Motion link, sorry. And I also think somebody else... I, I, I'm terribly sorry, I've forgotten who, who let us know. It may have been James, I'm not sure. But they said that it's available on Amazon Prime as well. Okay. Do you know, so, I, I didn't even think to check for Amazon Prime as well. I checked Netflix for it, and it wasn't on there. What an idiot! No. We didn't have to. We we didn't have to watch it like back to front. Yeah, that was annoying. Yeah, it very much annoying. It was so the whole annoying. thing was flipped, wasn't it? So <laughs> it was, and it, and, it, and it had a German translation as well at the beginning. Did you see that? For like, a first while, of all, yeah. first of all, the Baywatch theme tune. That's a that's a ching. That is bloody great. I don't that care should have been was... mentioned. That should have been mentioned in the previous topic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, no, we're saving it for the main topic, Maxie. <laughs> <laughs> Just to link like a segue. 
Yeah, yeah. The Baywatch, the Baywatch tune is it is great. It's just pure nineties cheesy. Oh, it's, it's superb. And then uh, the intro on this, the Daily Motion link that we watched this episode on. First of all, it's backwards. So the the Baywatch word flies across the screen. H first, which is which is always brilliant. And then it comes up again with a German translation, effectively, or what the German title of the show was. Now, I don't speak, I speak a teeny, teeny bit of German, hardly anything. And, but I don't speak it backwards. So, so when this <laughs> video came, I was like, are these people's names? Are these the actors that are in it? What's this? But it was something like Dash, Vimmer, Hair, whatever it was, you know? And it was just like, oh, Vegas be- was on there. That's because um, David Asshole is massive in, in, in Germany. They absolutely yeah. oh, they love him. Yeah, they love yeah. him, yeah. Yeah, oh, dear me. Imagine what would happen to those people who won the war. Man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We, we, we're throwing bombs today. <laughs> yeah, poor choice of words there, mate, to be fair, considering the topic I just brought up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, also at the beginning of this episode of Baywatch, I notice that there's two moments that made me chuckle, and I don't want to be seen as digging this guy out, okay? But we have, effectively, this is this is a vehicle for just getting people to sit down on a Saturday afternoon, early evening, and look at some pretty people. That's what it comes down <laughs> to. That's what this program is. The acting's not great. Storyline, <laughs> bloody hell! That is right. that is putting it mildly. Right, the right. acting is wank. <laughs> so you got David Hasselhoff, who he may not be in his prime, but I imagine there's a certain element of Housewives of the UK that find David Hasselhoff very attractive. There's obviously the younger men who are very toned and bumpy, and you know they they look incredible. Their hair, they got the perfect white. All of them got very white teeth, Max, haven't they? Like mm-hmm. Ross from that episode of Friends. They're just gleaming away. <laughs> You know, whatever whatever toothpaste is the best seller in this area of America should just be out there all over the world because that shit bleach. is some good shit. Yeah, just, just literally bleach. A, a bottle of bleach. <laughs> and then, of course, we get all the 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 female lifeguards running in slow motion, and then naturally, there's Pammy, who is the highlight of yeah. the show. And and I mean, we've got a forty-five minute show to go through to to cover, but what pissed me off is. They showed all these stars, Yasmin Bleef, and mm-hmm. um, I think she's called Donna DeRico. You and think none of she's them, bored. <laughs> yeah, and none of them are in it. None no. of them are in this episode at all. At well, all. It's. I don't remember all these people being in Baywatch. You know? there's the, There seems like the opening segment, the, the, it seems like, I mean, the, the song is what, three and a half minutes, four minutes, or whatever it was? Pretty much, yeah. They play the whole damn thing at the start of the episode. <laughs> Because they've got to fit in all the people who are starring in the show. And I'm thinking, who's that? Who's that? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the women and going, wow, that isn't... I, I, to be fair, I'm looking at the blokes. I'm thinking, he is very attractive as well. And I'm completely yeah. straight. You know, Apart from one. And this is the one I was going to come to. This is the one that... Made, and I said, I don't want to be digging this guy out. But the very last person from the neck down is put together. From the neck up, he's got a really weird noncy pedo moustache <laughs> and, and a bold head. He's oh. going bald. I yeah. think he's called Ma- the uh, reading battles. I think he was called Matthew Newman, and he he was the odd one out in this. This was literally like Hollywood beautiful people, and then 
a primary school teacher called Matthew Newman. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, you can imagine him in a in a brown blazer on Grange Hill, couldn't you? With that moustache and big thick green glasses, like that was that hairline and uh, you know. Just say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it gets worse for this dude because uh, they, they, after they ran through everyone's names, and this guy is the last one up, and it says, and this is Dave, you say David Newman, his name? Matthew Newman. Matthew Newman. Okay, well, Newman, I'm not being funny because of his age, isn't very accurate, let's be honest. But, you know, but they then show clips, also action shots. So, of course, we get Pammy diving into the water in slow motion, and that, that's glorious, as always. And uh, <laughs> we might end up getting to Jenna Coleman adoration levels from the Doctor Who pod about Paranormal oh, wow. here. Oh dear, dear, dear! Uh, this is this is what we're talking. But um, we get obviously Hasselhoff running through the sand or slowed down, sucking his belly in, of course, naturally, uh, and all this and all the other. No, younger... he's chiselled. Stop that! Don't okay. you dare say that. <laughs> all the people, you know, in slow motion running through the water and all sorts, and then we cut to our friend Newman, who has got one of those red float jobbies, and for some reason, he can't run. <laughs> and he tries to it's run through the, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to run through the sand but his legs his feet are hitting the sand in a wider stance than his shoulders are so his legs are like well out here he's doing he's the chariots really of fire run yeah he's not really going anywhere either it's like he's like no. and he's it's like he's power walking but he's kind of on the spot but they he, did this guy dirty didn't they he can't have been in many episodes i don't know Time, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go back and look at them all because the ep- the episode that we're watching is actually season seven, episode seven. So, yeah, this was well into the uh, the late stages of uh, Baywatch. I think this was when David Hasselhoff was actually doing Baywatch Nats as well, where he was the uh, the detective. Um, so he was yes. uh, <laughs> he, he was doing a bit of moonlighting. Maybe that's why he's not in this episode for that long. Uh, okay, right. Michael Newman first appeared in Michael Baywatch. Newman. That's it. Yeah, yeah. First appeared in Baywatch in the episode "Panic at Malibu Pier," which instantly fills me with suspense and tension. I don't know if I can be allowed to a, a panic. That. Maybe. His last appearance was in 2017. Oh, that must be the movie. Oh, no, I'm looking at something different. I'm looking at the wrong guy. You're a fucking idiot. Okay. Michael Newman. Here we go. Got him. Oh, okay. <laughs> My, what year was this made, this episode? 97? Something like that. Along those lines. Right. So uh, when this was filmed, Michael Newman was 40. And okay. he looked every day of it. He looked, he looked 60. And um, <laughs> it says here, Michael Newman is an actor who played a caricature of himself on Baywatch. His char- so he was a, an actual lifeguard. <laughs> his, act- his character's role of firefighter and lifeguard is somewhat based on his real life. He was the only real lifeguard to appear on the show and has been lifeguarding since the age of 10 as a Santa Monica junior lifeguard. See, we should have put a bit more respect on that guy's name, mate. We just mocked after, him. After you, were, after you were calling him a potential nonce, I didn't say he was a nonce. I said he's got a nonce tash. And I mean, I put a bit of respect on him by saying he looks like a, a teacher, primary school teacher. But you nonced him out, so shame on you. Oh, for goodness sake, right, Mister Newman. I, is he still alive? I'll close <laughs> I his phone, he's, he's still on Santa, Santa Monica Beach now, lifeguarding. 
Yeah, he's out there like, diving in, rescuing people 75 years younger than himself. We've yeah. got uh, Ori in the chat saying, uh, I've never looked uh, any any better. Look, Ori, we've had this. Stop ogling. Listen, I am I am not a piece of meat, ma'am. oh man shall we get into the episode then let's do it okay we get straight away straight into the excitement there's no messing around here is there straight into the action you know and this is where i think this episode of baywatch has the advantage over professional wrestling we don't get those long standoffs in the ring or the the really long musical entrances where it takes the undertaker 15 minutes to get to the ring where we wait oh no this is straight into the action magazine because there's some little kids playing on some rocks michael newman this was his time to shine (laughs) oh my god from an educational standpoint obviously as the teacher that you make learning them about water safety yeah not from a nonce standpoint with his cock out oh my god right (laughs) i feel we need to make some sort of proper disclaimer now we don't think michael newman or anyone else involved in baywatch is a nonce and we apologize if anyone thinks that way and uh I like doing this show. I don't understand why we end up going da- going down these different routes and effectively. I'll go downstairs now. When we finish, when we finish every live, I go back downstairs and I say to the wife, "How was that?" And she goes, "Yeah, it was good." And I goes, "How close were you to getting cancelled?" And every week she's pretty much going, mm, yeah. not <laughs> "But yes, there are these kids playing on the rocks." And then one of them decides to go for a little wander into these caves. Uh, and then, of course, the tide comes in very quickly. And we see... Well, I think they're essentially playing hide and seek. Uh, because okay. they've got walkie-talkies. Uh, and the, the, the kid who's going in the cave uh, essentially gives clues to where he is. But he makes it clearly obvious that you have to go in a cave. Um, because he says you've got to be like the Neanderthals. Um, but silly kid going into a cave when the tide was coming in and he gets trapped thankfully thankfully we have two lifeguards on hand who are paying no attention to bugger all other than each other well they're planning i believe it's the the guy's called corda uh Mm -hmm. that's cj pan anderson's uh uh, the character that's her boyfriend Uh, and i think it's his birthday and they're having some uh Making some plans, getting his favourite food, his favourite music. Um, basically, he's going to get to do the no pants dance with old Pammy. It's That's his plan. His yeah. <laughs> and it's all ruined because of these little shits playing on the beach in the summer. How dare they? Mate, honestly, I reckon 95, yeah, 95, 96, 97 Pamela Anderson is, is potentially peak Pamela Anderson. I mean, yeah, when did there when were did certainly peaks? There were yeah, certainly definitely. peaks. And this guy's supposed to be copping off with with Pam Anderson. Mm. Is there an argument just to say fuck it and let the kid drain? Is there? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, I would definitely let, <laughs> I, I just I would just when that little kid, the little brother comes running up and says, My brother's trapped in a cave. I'm like, I can't swim, mate. No, <laughs> I can give you one of these weird shaped red things though if that'll help yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've at it <laughs> yeah, there you go mate off, may, off, off. may God go with you <laughs> right. I've got a different point here though okay to make that I think is quite important where the fuck are these kids parents mm-hmm. 
That is a very, very good point because you never see them at no, all. Ever. And they can't hold it on their own. And also, why is there a laugh god laugh god post on the on the what looks like rocks? It's not even remotely looks like a beach. No. So what are these kids doing over there? Yeah. The the Santa Monica uh sea safety leaves a lot to be desired. Well, because they're spending all their time looking at each other, aren't they? It seems, anyway, from this opening scene, that's the way it seems. You know, I mean, to be honest, if I was working with Pammy, I wouldn't get much work done. I'd just be looking at her all the time, to be fair. I've got to admit it, you know, but there we go. There we go. The kids get saved, though, which is, you know. Not good. by Pammy. No, Not no at she all stands. Bad. She gives more well, support. She's, she's wearing Ugg boots as well, which. Mm. Ugg boots and, a, and the, the red leotard. But uh, Corda saves the day, gets into the, the cave. Um, not the first cave he'll be getting into in this show, uh, but saves the young lad and is the hero. Yeah. And then that's all we hear of that. We never mention this this opening segment again. No. Because, that's, because this isn't a special occasion. This is just part of their life, Max. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is this is like getting out of bed and having a cup of tea to them in the morning. This is just their life. I, I I think the whole point of this this opening scene is to say, yeah, we are sure about the sea. <laughs> we are sure about the beach. Is I it? promise. And then we I... go on to all the other shenanigans. This they, this is the the epitome of chain wrestling. We pretend to be sure about wrestling. They pretend to be sure about ocean safety. We're not even pretending this week, mate. <laughs> and I reckon the whole purpose of this opening scene was literally just to get Pamela Anderson and her chap Cody wearing very little, splashing around a bit in the water and, and so on. As early as possible, get them on the telly. There you go. Yeah. Makes sense. That was where the money was at. We kick off then over in Vegas, I'm assuming. All those flashing lights and so on must be yeah. Vegas. It's, and it's- here... Apparently Vegas. Here, here is where we see, ironically, I suppose, Vinny Vegas. Vinny from Vegas. I mean, is that not to you the biggest miss misfire from a uh, from a this TV show? How did they have someone called Vinny in Vegas and not have in that role Vinny fucking Vegas? Yeah, How? Kevin Nash. Yeah, yeah. It would. Andy looks harder than than Shawn Michaels. Sean Michaels is bodyguarding somebody who's about an inch and a half taller than him. That's yeah, ridiculous. It's, it's insane. Sean does not look like a bodyguard here at all. No, he doesn't. You know, I'll be honest. At first, I thought Sean was the bodyguard of the lady. Okay. Because that, to me, because the way Sean looks and the way the other guy looks, the guy is, is it Tony, the guy that he's the bodyguard yeah, to- of? Tony Blanton. Right. He looks tougher than Sean Michaels. Yeah. So that didn't work for me. So I he thought looks, Sean... It looks like a mafioso tap yeah. down. Yeah. I thought Sean was the bodyguard for the lady. Nope. But he's not. No, he's not. And he is, like you said, he's, he's not tall enough or big enough. I mean, this is bad because obviously from a wrestling standpoint, we criticise people who say that wrestlers aren't too t- aren't big enough to do certain roles. And here we are saying Sean Michaels is not big enough or scary enough to work on Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it's true though. <laughs> he's tiny, he looks tiny compared to the person he's meant to be protecting. Mm. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And of course, naturally, because it's Shawn Michaels, he's got a lovely waistcoat effort on with no sleeves. So, because that's what everyone wore in 1997, apparently. Um, this effectively sets the scene because there's a lot of chaff in this episode, isn't there? This episode was like 46 minutes, 47 minutes long. And there's a lot of crap. So I think we can strip it back down to as, prim- as, as primitive or as you know, stripped back a plot as we can get. Effectively, this blonde lady has been... Uh, this blonde steer. lady down here. Yes, this blonde lady the- here who Magsy is modelling the breasts of is... Uh, <laughs> she is Tony's current girlfriend. Tony is a big gambler and a big mobster. Mm-hmm. And he sees his girlfriend as being lucky. So he's been yep. waiting for her to come down to the table where he can throw uh, some dice and gamble and so on because this is his lucky charm. He loses mm-hmm. a shit ton of money. He then decides she's not lucky anymore. And then we get a cameo by a waitress just randomly come up to the, the lady who Shawn Michaels has got grips to behind Magsy's little head there. And this lady says, oh, you want to be careful, mind? His last two girlfriends weren't lucky anymore. And they disappeared. We've never saw them again. Dun, dun, like, dun. Oh my word! It's like okay, well that's that's you know a big old swerve there. I didn't see that one coming. Um, <laughs> she panics a little bit. She's taken up to the bedroom by Sean. Not in that way. She's taken up. To, well, maybe you know we know what Sean was like around this time. Perhaps he did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet he had a great time on that set. You know. I bet he had an awesome time on that Fl- set. Yeah, I bet he fluffed his lands multiple times on purpose. Yeah, totally. I bet he fluffed loads of stuff. Anyway, we... Um... <laughs> oh, my God, I'm 41. This is pathetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, the basic gist is then that she decides that she's in danger because of this well-informed waitress who has come <laughs> to her aid. We've given her this information. She decides to make a run for it, but beforehand, jumps on pretty much the oldest piece of the last and feels a happy bit. Yeah, and this is something else that annoys me, and you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Being a, a retro gamer, she turns that computer on, and it's on instantly. Hmm. No messing about, no loading up, no waiting for the uh, operating system to come in. It just works perfectly, and basically she uh, she finds out that he has been making a lot of money through gambling, and uh, she says, "I wonder if he's told the taxman about this." So we're getting into a taxman storyline. Um, so she gets this floppy disk, and it's got all his information. And him being the the the, the very conscientious criminal that he is, puts his name on the, the file so if the taxman does get it they know exactly who the criminal is such a such a well-mannered criminal uh yeah. but she she steals this disc uh makes a run for it um and when uh when tony comes to kill her in the in the in the room he discovers that she has taken her disc taken the disc and escaped yeah, the disc that apparently is so important it can get all these gangsters sent down for multiple years that mm-hmm. is just sat on the top of the desk. There's a pile of like 20 discs in this box. This is the top one. 
Not true. Well, it's, it, no, 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 no. It was actually well hidden in a secret compartment in the box. Oh, was it? I missed that. Yeah. So you, she opens the top of the box, and then the bottom of the box slides out. And that's how he uh, knew she had the disc. Oh, yeah, because the bottom bit was sticking out when he went in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I, I apologise to the writers of Baywatch for, for, po- for poking holes in your plot that weren't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's obviously much more in-depth, high-brow writing than I gave it credit for. Um, it turns out this is Pamela Anderson's mum. I mean, before we even get there, there's a massive plot hole that pissed me off. Uh, for for people who know me, I get really aggravated by uh, plot holes or when I find stuff that... It, it takes me out of movies when I find massive plot holes. So uh, the early scene was kind of a setting that it was uh, Cody's birthday and he was going to get some birthday monkey loving from from CJ. Now, her mum was in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Cody is now getting his, his, uh, his romantic nap and her mum has made it from Vegas to California and got changed before that night was even over. How? How on God's green earth has she made that, that trip so quick? Well, they said that she flew, but is that not possible? Uh, Vegas is like in the middle of the desert. Right, okay. So, yeah, not possible then. I, I would highly, highly doubt it, unless they packed up their lifeguard in at, like, say, lunchtime, and they just were only doing half a day. Well, then... maybe that's what happened. But, you know, they weren't paying attention to the sea anyway. The kid had to literally come up to them and say, hey, do your fucking job. There's someone drowning down here. You know, and they were both like, oh, shit, we were just about to go home. But all right, yeah, then, for fuck's sake. And then maybe that was a case of, okay, they get their clipboard locked up for the day done this done that flirted saved the life oh yeah done that oh we ticked all the boxes now uh we can go home. early lunch yeah exactly if you're drying after this sod it we've met our quota for the day we've got our one save we're done maybe maybe, maybe, but maybe, it, just, maybe. It, it, it just annoys me things like that and that's what took you at the moment in this show is it yeah because <laughs> the rest of it the rest of it is quality quality tv that's where you draw the line. <laughs> a <Yeah>. timing issue. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> she turned this this lady who, who is CJ's mother turns up and interrupts this evening, as Mags explained. The acting is so wooden, it's insane. It's it's terrible. It is atrocious. Uh, she effectively then the following day hides the disc in CJ's locker. Which is yeah, like obviously I mean, where you would put it. Be, of course you would. Because it was clearly take your mum to work day. Mm-hmm. And she also goes to the beach with a massive hat on and f- a full full body covering white suit, which kind of makes absolutely no sense. And she's led their sunbathing as well, when the sun's not going to mm-hmm. hit her. Yeah, exactly. It's just oh, Women's a bit gone on the edge, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, she is. She definitely, mm-hmm. definitely is. Uh, in the meantime, we find out that Vinny, our hero of the piece, uh, Mr. Michaels, is being sent after the disc-stealing thief who is and obviously the villain. And fans are instantly. Yeah, of course he does. He knows exactly where he's going, exactly what he's doing. And this is where the famous gift comes from, Max, isn't it? Where he's looking through the binoculars that you bought up the other, the other, last week. Mm-hmm. 
He's so essentially there is um she's sat on the beach. Uh David Hasselhoff is actually now in the show. Um he's doing his uh, laugh laugh saving. Um and we see Shaw Michaels on a bridge um in a suit and a turtleneck looking over and smiling because he's found his he's found the person he's been sent to to, to get slaps on the, the the shades and then we get a bit of a MacGuffin, a bit of a uh, a piece in the in the movie that uh, creates the distraction. A kid almost drowns in the sea. Uh, Pame and uh, David go and save this kid and there's a big crowd comes to gather. Uh, so uh, Pammy's mum is is at the back of this crowd, looking over and trying to see what's going on. And Sean Michaels comes to essentially kidnap her, but he's not wearing his suit anymore. He's literally got fully changed to put on a a, a pair of blue uh, swim shorts, and he just nonchalantly just walks over, no kind like whistling away, <laughs> just grabs Pammy's mum. And she causes a scene, but yet nobody at all turns around who are within inches of Pammy's mum to be bothered. No one's like, what is he doing? Grabbing her. Um, and he tries to kind of like force her off. And again, not in a major rush getting her off the beach, um, even though it's quite clear that Pammy and David will be back very, very soon. They get uh, a few metres down the beach. Um, Pammy sees that her mum's being kidnapped, shouts and then the mum turns into the rock gives Sean Michaels <laughs> the old rock bottom uh, and then because she's still hard in the fact that she's uh, in a little bit of trouble with, with uh, Mr Blanton she tells Pame and, and David um, that it was an argument over a, a hundred dollar bill that they found he thought it was his she wanted it uh, let it go we'll leave it not panicking because this killer is here and he's found where you are don't worry about it i like the idea that when he's changed out of his suit into his shorts and of course naturally at this stage he lets his hair down as well doesn't he of course he does well and i mean why sure, would you not you make sure it's all in perfect position i like the idea that as he's doing this and then as he's striding across the beach in his head he's going I'm just a sexy boy <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he got Pammy to sing that. <laughs> I, 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 that's what I imagine is going on in his head at the time. But um, I also think it's quite apparent that everybody who lives in this area or everyone who visits this area just instantly has their IQ lowered and becomes a moron. Because as you said, nobody notices the kidnapping and nobody notices the kid struggling in the water apart from Mitch and CJ who seem to have this weird sixth sense and they both sort of go, I sense danger. And they glance across at the water and there's a kid just like starting to struggle. But then when they get out to him, it's blatantly obvious the water's only about waist height. It's like, mm-hmm. kid, just stand up. And another thing that, again, things that annoy me is there's a massive crowd all there like watching what's happening. And it's only after David carries this, uh, or Mitch carries this kid uh, out of the water that the mum comes over and goes oh that's my kid yeah even though Where's there's been a massive crowd yeah exactly bad parenting ring the social services straight away for that now I, I obviously we're back today from going to Traco bay now there's no small sean michael type gangsters or anything out of Traco bay that i was aware of however there's the sea my girls are near the water 
I cannot chill out. I can, I, I'm, I'm like yeah. a hawk, you know? So what the fuck are the people doing? There's kids drowning in caves, and their parents are That's nowhere to be seen. Two in three days, essentially, you would think. Two this is, potential deaths. This is a death at this beach. This is why, right? You know, earlier on, we were criticising how many people worked for Baywatch in, in, the, in the opening sequence, because it was just actor after actor after actor, lifeguard after lifeguard after lifeguard. And we were like, who are all these people? That's why they're needed, because people are just like, oh, I'm going to go have a bit of a splash. Oh, oh, no, I've fallen down in this puddle, and I can't breathe now. Someone come and save me. Now, that's, that's kind of what happens, isn't it? These, you, know the, you know the old adage of you can drown in two inches of water? I bet people in this place genuinely fucking big. I bet people trip over in this beach and nowhere near the beach. And that was like half their face in a puddle and go, shit, I don't know what to do. It's not screaming for help. You know, come and then half the Come here, come here, That's why they do it, because if you've got the opportunity of Pam Randerson or Donna DeRico or Yasmin Bleef saving your life, you would play dead in that water. So, yeah, to be fair. I would be all about that, yeah. But then if if Michael Newman come, you'd be like, no, it's right, I can swim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I've cleared all the water myself. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> can you imagine that, man? I've trimmed my tush back, so it's actually a little bit bristly, a little bit, a little bit sharp. It is look quite bushy. We'd be like Velcro, wouldn't we? We'd be like, you know, stuck together. <laughs> I'd be like, Newman, <laughs> get off. <laughs> <laughs> You're twice the age of everyone else on this show, apart from Hustle Hoff. You don't belong. Get your tongue out of my mouth. <laughs> Get your hand. I'm not touching your cock. <laughs> oh, there's bound to be a kid in a cave somewhere. Go do your fucking job. <laughs> anyway, we get back to the Baywatch office. And we do. There's a phone call. It turns out to be Tony looking for Pammy's mum. Which is funny that he knows to call there and speak to her directly and knows that she's going to be there at that exact moment in time, too. Yeah, I just like how it was funny that Sean Michaels knew she was on a beach in California. Yeah. Yeah, that is some real stalker-esque sort of stuff, man. That's, that takes a lot, of, a lot of hard work and training, I imagine. Uh, eventually, the, the, she spills the beans, doesn't she? Uh, CJ asks Mitch to leave them alone in the office so that the mum can explain to Pammy's character. She gets filled in with all the details. Um, <laughs> so they go and see Tony, who is sat chilling, <laughs> when Sean is stood behind trying to look all imposing. It's quite <laughs> and he's the same heart. <laughs> he's absolutely the same heart as him, and the guy's even got no shoes on. Jesus Christ. Uh, but how mean did uh, Pammy and and uh, her mum sound? Like, you leave me alone and leave my mum alone as well. And definitely don't bully me, my, the mum, and leave my daughter alone. And he's like, I'll just fucking kill you both, bitch. Yeah. He's like, I'll do all I want. You're wasting your time coming here, love. This is a, this is a pointless journey. <sighs> but they threaten the IRS and all that sort of stuff, which is always the way to go, isn't it? When a gang, yeah. they, <laughs> if you, know? you are threatened with murder, threaten back with tax evasion. That's mm. how you win. That's how they took down Al Capone. So I was literally take like down to say that, yeah. Tony Blanton. <laughs> there we go. They're now back at CJ's flat, and Mitch and Cody are there, and they want to have a bit <laughs> this, of a dance. This, no, Mitch and Cody do not want to have a bit of a dance. So the this uh, is. For for context, um, 
Shell SCJ's mum is uh, a Vegas showgirl. Uh, <laughs> so we're, ha- we're halfway through this episode and you've just gone for context. I think that's well yeah. out the window now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but that, th- this is how they try and explain the dancing part off that she's a Vegas showgirl. She may be the worst dancing Vegas showgirl that I've ever seen. She's out of breath all through this scene, like literally, literally knackered. Um, the dance that she does, it's it's almost like she's falling over. And Mitch dances better than her, and he's a lifeguard, not a Vegas uh, uh, showgirl. So, yeah, this whole scene is ridiculous, apart from Pame dancing in a very short lilac dress um, with no bra. That's, that's, I mean, that's what this scene is all about, isn't it? I guess thumbs up for me, mate. I guess thumbs up for me. <laughs> I mean, Cord, when when we get to the end of the dancing and uh, the guys have to essentially catch the the women, poor David Hasselhoff is bummed out with old woman Shelley. Cordy gets to catch CJ wearing this very short skirt and he almost gets his thumbs up. If it wasn't for a quick, a quick save by Pammy to keep the skirt from riding up, we would have, uh, we maybe have seen Pammy's cave. Oh my god! I hope my kids are in bed. <laughs> <laughs> he won't mess around though, was he? The actor who played Cody. He, 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 perhaps I've done him a miss, you know, a misjustice here. He, I'm saying that you know, all these people around here seem really dumb and so on. Perhaps he's a really good actor and he's just actually super intelligent because he has seized his moment there. He knows he's grabbing onto Pamela Anderson, who at this point in time is one of the most beautiful women in the world. He's like, look, I'm going to get a few moments where we kiss. I'm going to get a few moments where we cuddle. But this moment, I've got to grab her and wrestle with her a little bit. I'm getting a firm hold of certain areas where I want to get a firm hold of because he can explain it away. Yep. Oh, sorry. It was an accident. I was acting. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Ultimately, though, the fun and games have to stop. <laughs> because, well, yeah, because Sean and Sean's new sidekick, I guess, a big, monstrous looking bloke who makes Sean look even smaller. He looked to me like, and I know it wasn't him, but he had the look of Lance Cade if you remember yeah. Lance Cade and Murdoch former WWE yep. Tag Team Champions sure, Garrison Cade he did yeah exactly that, yeah. and that's where I got the connection from but he wasn't him because you do get a close up but this guy he is a moron an absolute moron he looks like he has no brain cells whatsoever he looks but he's massive again m- mid to late 90s reference here he looks a bit like if you crossed Lance Cade with Ian Dowie. Okay, I was thinking more like Lance Cade if he'd had a, a brain aneurysm. Is that not the same as or Ian Dowie? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Dowie, Jesus wept. That's a yeah, that's a pr- ugly, yeah. ugly Goog- man. Google him, kids. Um, <laughs> in fact, make sure it's daytime when you do. Don't go to bed with that image in your head. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> as they turn up we get the startled line the the you know the, the we get a little bit of rain a little bit of depth on man uh-oh man obviously you know, it, it puts forward how shocked and dismayed she is yeah and and this again is another scene that pissed me off 
because they are um, loading the back of the the yellow um, uh, lifeguard um, pickup truck. They see this car coming, and they make this the very slightest attempt to run away. It's mm. rid. I mean, I'm a I'm a, um, a a chunky guy. I could run faster than this. Way way faster. And another thing that annoyed me was this was exactly the same area where the 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 kid nearly drowned not a few days ago in the cave. But when these two uh, women are nabbed, they they try and make a run uh, essentially down to the beach where this kid had, uh, um, had had almost died in this in this in this cave. But they were running to where Tony was. Because yeah. when they finally get, uh, uh, there's a bit of a rigmarole where um, CJ's mum almost slips and she gets caught and then Sean Michaels and, and uh, Wish, uh, Lance Cade, pick her up and then they carry on walking the way that they were going mm-hmm. down to, the, down to the, the beach where Tony sat with a, a gaz- half of a gazebo set up just enjoying the sun in we're a back to the, three-piece uh, oh. suit. We're back to the Mags's Gazebo podcast here. My well, Gazebo is way better than Tony's Gazebo. And you're not even a mobster, mate. Well, yeah, at least we... I, at least I, I, am I not? Oh, wow. Ooh, there we go. There we go. Uh, um, Tony basically threatens them and says he's going to make them go for a swim, which obviously is a, you know, incredibly difficult thing to figure out what you mean. And, um, yeah, but the, the mum didn't get it. The mum had no. to be explained multiple times that that he will drown CJ. Yes. But then CJ's allowed... She's given an hour, isn't she, to go back and fetch the disc mm-hmm. for Tony. And, and you get the line of, well, when I bring you the disc, how do I know you won't kill us anyway? And <laughs> Tony just goes, you don't. <laughs> That's like, okay. the gamble. Take yeah. a gamble. Because a lot of his lines... Uh, this is the kind of mobster where his whole character is that he's a gambler. So everything he says, he has to worm it round that he's speaking about gambling all the time. Like he says, I believe you're bluffing and um, you were my lucky charm and uh, you've got to take a gamble. Every line that, he's, mm. that comes out of this moron's mouth is is linked to gambling. Yeah, CJ goes back and fetches the disc finds it because you know, it was incredibly well hidden in her locker of course Mitch because he's all knowing all wise as what's going on yeah, what's happening and here the, and then CJ's like nothing's wrong and he's like Pam I know how shit of an actress you are there's clearly <laughs> something going on what's that disc behind your back <laughs> yeah the disc that you mentioned earlier on in the flat uh, you, yeah. somebody mentioned disc and you tried to hide it by saying disco but now that's you know, that was, how ridiculous was that and he just yeah. ate it he just believed it what an idiot and then he stood there and you can see the cogs turning after Pammy sort of sneaked past him in the doorway to run back and he's, he's sort of going hmm now I don't know if that's a look of I'm figuring something out or if that's a look oh. of I've got did no she idea just fart? yeah she's yeah. <laughs> she just popped one out as she ran past <laughs> you there cheeky bitch <laughs> locker room stinks now <laughs> um she gets back to to, to the, the gazebo layer the den i don't, I don't really know what, they, what it is <laughs> it's one sheltered square on the beach where this mob is hanging out and 
just on the desk. They're going to get told off anyway. But luckily, Mitch and Cody have followed them to see what's going on. They dive on in. It all ends up in quite a long fight. This what do not gloss over this part. This is the best part of the whole show. This makes the the last forty minutes worth it because you've got the most wrestling of of all the the wrestling that there is in this episode. You've got Cody doing a a, a double leg takedown and yeah. then a headlock takedown on on wrestler Sean Michaels. He <laughs> performs these moves. You have Mitch and um and um Lance Cade, Poundland Lance Cade having a having a fart. Uh, that's a little bit more um, even. Mitch gets uh, tossed into the water a couple of times, but he uh, essentially gets the better of him. And then you've got Tony getting <laughs> rolled on the back by uh, by CJ's mum, who's doing dusty uh, Rhodes levels of, of bionic elbows. And then you've got... <laughs> You've got Steve Blackman, aka CJ, laying the boot into the ribs. It's great, great wrestling. <laughs> Scottish Danny in the chat. That's amazing. Sean <laughs> <laughs> sold more for her than Brett. Oh, fantastic. She's probably better working. No, 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 no. I, I don't mean that. Oh my god. I'm gonna get Pammy screwed. Pammy. <laughs> Everyone else probably did. Oh my god! Anyway, um, I mean, effectively, that's kind of it, then, isn't it? We get a scene where Pammy and them um, are just walking along, talking about, "Oh, I miss you," and then they mention, "Oh, they've gone to prison for a long time," because apparently the court case would have already happened, or the evidence has been gathered. Yeah, it didn't mess around. I mean, nah. things things just happen in America. You can get from Vegas to California in a matter of minutes. You can take down a mobster who has gam- who has won nearly nine million in suspicious, untaxed uh, winnings. You, you just are able to get things done in America. Mm-hmm. No messing about with that, with legal proceedings and innocent till proven guilty. It's just done. But I reckon so, that's down to, that down to Mitch because I mean Hasselhoff. You know, it's the Hoff. He probably just said, "Look." This is what's happened, he, man. He did it, uh, and they went throw uh, the, the key yeah, away. Uh, thank, thanks, thanks, Hoff. You, you saved the day. That's it, done, dusted, isn't it? Yeah. So, so we do get the the kind of uh, wrap up scene where um, CJ has apparently never cried in front of anyone in the history of the world, even though she's quite clearly crying in this scene. The mum uh, is she's got nothing, so she's going back to Vegas to to set up a new show. Uh, and CJ, I says, would bother love. Yeah, because you can't dance. You can't dance for no. coffee, love. And you're about 70-year-old. Um, mm. But CJ says, no, stay here in LA. And she went, well, no, if I go on tour with this new show that I've not got, then maybe we'll see you again. I put it to you that she probably is never in this show ever again. She never gets mentioned. <laughs> Shall I look it up now whilst you fill time? I know you love it when I drop these things on you like this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, but... But yeah, it's just she is uh, such a hammy actress. She just goes way, way overboard. Oh, it's terrible. Um, yeah, the 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 scene is. It would be emotional if it wasn't the lines weren't so cheesy. Um, they go on about how uh, essentially it was. She, uh, it was just them two throughout uh, uh, the early part of CJ's life. 
um, and that CJ is her mum's best friend, which is a bit sad to say that you lived in Vegas. Um, but I believe you found. Have you found whether she was in the show again? No, I've just realised that what her surname is in the program. Shelley Sands, you, I think. Sands. Her, her yeah. surname is Sands, and she's working. Mm-hmm. That's levels, mate. That's levels. It's this is quite. We're slated this, but this this is deep, deep storytelling. Well, it says here that she was in Baywatch. No, it just says the years of the show. How yeah. many episodes was the actress in, though? I think this. You're might not going to find it. Yeah, no, I, I believe that she was never mentioned again, or if she was, it was very, very, very rarely. I think they might just one of those throwaway lines. You know, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, oh oh, oh CJ, your mum, Shelley, how's she getting on? Oh, she got involved with another gangster, and now <laughs> yeah, she is dead. And now she's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mitch just sort of went, oh, all that trouble in the past for nothing. Let's get down <laughs> to the caves and see if there's any kids. <laughs> wait, and Michael Newman in the background, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Magsy, I suppose we should. From a not, we can't from a wrestling standpoint, but from an entertainment standpoint, rate this out of 10. 10. 10. Are you giving this a 10? I'm out bollocks. It was terrible. (laughs) I I bitterly regret bringing this up. Um, but it it was fun to watch because of how hammy it was. I mean, I remember watching Baywatch uh, as as a teen and. I don't remember it being this hammy and this nah. terrible. It, this is you're talking about one of the biggest shows in the world. This was everywhere. Everybody watched Baywatch, um, but yeah, it, it has not aged well at all. So, what you're thinking out of ten? Zero. Really? No. So I'll have to give it something just for for how good of a wrestler. Cordy was <laughs> not even sure Michael's Cordy that headlock takedown was beautiful and that double leg really well played so a one let's can I kind of stretch as high as a one yeah we'll give it a one because we also see some dusty bionic elbows from from Mrs. CJ see I Sean's my guy so I got a kick out of seeing him in this initially the first time he appeared on screen I was like there's Sean and then it and that's where it ended you know Um, and then the bell rung mate it's it's Pamela Anderson I I was was mad on Pamela Anderson at this time you think when this came out in 97 I was 16, 17 do you know what I mean so and she is stunning and and yet you fell asleep watching it so what does that say yeah, that is true. That is true. But at the same time, I think there's an argument to be made that I would rather go back and watch this again, just from a pervy standpoint with Pamela Anderson, than watch Undertaker Yokozuna at WrestleMania, sorry, at Royal Rumble 94, or even potentially Sting versus Meng, because that was rubbish. Okay. But would that not be um, any Baywatch episode? Not particularly one with Shawn Michaels in. No, that's just because point. it's Pamela. Yeah, we yeah, we I have to judge this. That. We have to judge this on the wrestling in its singularity. Okay, in that case, then I I'm gonna go. I'll go a one as well. 
I'll go one as well. I think we are going to see... I think we're going to see worse wrestling than this at some point in the show's run that's going to get a 0.5 or a 0. I mean, to be fair, if we go back to the uh, the original second episode, we didn't give the the uh, supermarket brawl a rating because it wasn't actually wrestling. So That's true. I rate that higher than this. There was a lot more wrestling in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Magsy then, very conscious of the time, my friend. Where are we going to go next week? How do you link from Baywatch and all the goings-on that we've encountered this week on Chain Wrestling Live to where you might want to go next week? Okay, so this is normally where I have to do a very convoluted uh, link. I mean, I mean, last week this was a 10-minute link all on its own. This is pretty much very, very simple. The link is Pamela Anderson and Shawn Michaels so we're going to WrestleMania 11. Diesel, who was cornered by Pam Anderson, and Shawn Michaels, who was cornered by Jenny McCarthy and Sid. That's where we're going for the right. world WWF title. You went for that one, didn't you? I have two in mind. And the reason I had two in mind was because I thought because I could guarantee... knew we'd go for that one. I thought I'd guarantee Magsy will pick one of these two options. And I will then go for the one that he does not pick. Okay, and again, Mm -hmm. to me, the obvious you've got all the WCW links with Baywatch, of course, you have. You know, Hogan, Kevin Sullivan was in it. All the all there's there's Baywatch skits on Nitro in '95, and all there's loads of links there with WCW. But the obvious is Sean and Pam because of what we've just seen. So, to me, there's two standout moments WrestleMania 11, as you said, or what brought Pamela Anderson into the WWF initially in 1995, which was the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to go for whichever one you didn't pick, because I kind of had an idea you'd go for one of those. You chose WrestleMania 11. Now, that would be my first choice, because I think there's a lot to talk about there with the structuring of WrestleMania 11, the match that goes on last instead of the world title match. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot to discuss there that could get really interesting when we do our sort of little deep dives into these, into the more serious side of the wrestling business, well, as serious as we get anyway. But I have to put something else up. So I would quite happily watch your pick, Magsy, WrestleMania 11, Shawn Michaels versus Diesel. But the other alternative is Shawn Michaels earning the right to face Diesel at WrestleMania 11, the 1995 War Rumble, where Pamela mm-hmm. Anderson was going to escort the winner to WrestleMania and she's at the Rumble as well. So those are your picks for next week. Very Sean and Pammy heavy, which is fine with me. Two beautiful looking people. I'm okay with that. We have <laughs> we have the world title match from WrestleMania 11 of Shawn Michaels versus Diesel uh, with Pamela Anderson at ringside and so on. And a bit of controversy with regards to Sean's attitude and the thought process behind the card itself and so on that is really interesting or we have the 1995 Royal Rumble where Pam Anderson was there as well to celebrate with the winner in theory and then escort that person onto WrestleMania those are your choices they will be up on the poll on Twitter later in the week after the audio version has been released via SJP World Media uh, yeah those are your choices there Maxi great picks i mean either way we're going to get some as scottish danny says some 1995 goodness and i dare say we'll (laughs) yeah and i dare say we'll end up skimming over the 
the the the pick that doesn't win because of the storyline is so yeah. interlinked. Yeah, there we go. So there'd be That'd a perfect be time for a draw. It'd be a perfect time oh. for a draw. Dan Griffin. Work your magic, my friend. Work your magic. <laughs> <laughs> Magsy, do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you online, my friend? I say this every week and they can't because I don't go online anymore. Oh, yeah. I am I am I am a social pariah. It's I don't just know it's... habit that I say it. I know. And I will come back to social media. I'm just enjoying the the break away from it. Uh, but you can follow me down here on Twitter at PodfatherMags or on TikTok at MagsAllPods. Um, or just follow me as I go around my day-to-day life. Um, there you go. In Burnley. <laughs> yeah, just, just peeking around corners and so on. Like <laughs> Sean Michaels following With a pair Vegas. of binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> and some sunglasses. Ah, oh, indeed, indeed. Uh, you can find me online at SJP Words, but most importantly, from that aspect, you want to be checking out the network that carries so many great shows and more and more coming very soon as well. SJP World Media, you can find that on Facebook, and you can also find that on Twitter at SJP World Media there. And that's where the audio version of uh, Chain Wrestling can be found, Nitro Nights can be found, the Doctor Who pod. And then we have our good friends from the States, Yvonne, Josh, and Chuck, who bring us WWE. I always said F then, Maxi. Bloody, that's weird, isn't it? WWE look back of the week every week from the States in regularly scheduled hostilities. Benny Mack has a couple of shows over there with us. The Nothingness show, which is out on a Sunday, which is always a good laugh. This week's episode got disturbed by a man with a chainsaw as crazy as that sounds so go and check that out that's out now at the moment on the main sjp world media feed we also have in the corner where benny mac and various guests look at current wrestling past wrestling and all sorts are going on and as i said more shows joining all the time so go and check us a follow on twitter at sjp world media or go and join the group on facebook sjp world media there but most importantly, you can find this show and vote in our poll and join in with our non-wrestling topic and so on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that TikTok thingamy at chain underscore wrestling. Obviously, the poll is always on Twitter, so if you want to vote and get involved, you need to do it there. But all the others, you can follow us there. Some of them are more active than others. But to be honest, just, just jump on Twitter. That's probably your best bet. Uh, <laughs> there we go that's where to go uh, Sharon in the chat there Magsy saying Libs has just started following you on Twitter Mags I'll, uh, I'll jump on and I'll give her a refollow there you go there you go uh, Magsy I'm off now after having my appetite wetted to go and just settle down in the dark with my copy of Barbed Wire I'll see you next week my friend I'll be ready, ready. I'll be ready whoa